You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session. This is the Spectral Skull Session with a special report. I am your host, Dane. Breaking news Friday evening on June 23rd that there is an attempted coup underway inside the former Soviet Union. The Wagner Private Military Contracting Group moving against the Putin regime. Russia Today releasing the first unconfirmed video purporting to show fighting between Wagner PMC and Russian loyalist forces. Here's the audio. And at the moment, as I record this, I'm seeing an update from Wagner PMC chief Yegovany Prigozhin himself saying that he has shot down a Russian military helicopter dispatched to intercept him. Now, for some background. Yegovany Prigozhin, head of the Russian elite mercenary group known as Wagner PMC, for the past few months, Prigozhin has been making increasingly negative statements about the readiness of the Russian military and blaming Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu and Foreign Minister Gerasimov, both close Putin allies, but Prigozhin has been saying they're corrupt. And in May, he made an alarming video standing in front of a field of his own dead soldiers. There, a tired and exhausted-looking Prigozhin said, quote, They came here as volunteers, and they died to let you lounge in your mahogany offices. You are sitting in your expensive clubs. Your children are enjoying a good living and filming videos on YouTube. Those who don't give us ammunition will eat their own entrails in hell. End quote. And it got so bad, Prigozhin actually quit fighting, and his forces withdrew, in his words, to lick their wounds. 25 to 50,000 Wagner forces believed to be recuperating, but then this Thursday, Prigozhin took to the news again, making a public statement that Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu was not updating President Putin about how badly Russian losses on the battlefield have been. Prigozhin also went further, saying that the war itself was unjustified because Ukraine had not attacked Russia. And he said the war could have been ended already if only Russian leadership had been open to negotiations. Then Friday came the retort from the Russian Ministry of Defense, a massive airstrike against Prigozhin's camp. Prigozhin went on Telegram again, bemoaning the death of his troops. He called the attack cowardly and said it had been personally ordered by Defense Minister Shoigu, who he said had actually traveled to the city of Rostov-on-Don, the very edge of the conflict zone, to direct the strike and then departed in fear. According to the Wall Street Journal, Prigozhin then went on himself to vow that he would march on Moscow and said, quote, the next step is ours. This is not a military coup. This is a march for justice. Our actions do not impede the troops. Justice in the armed forces will be restored. And after that, justice in all of Russia, end quote. He also stated that Shergoy Shoigu shall be buried alongside Lenin. And he urged Russians to either join him or stay out of the way, saying that we will destroy everything. He also added that no one needs to be afraid, except for the Kolkols. I'm told that's an ethnic slur against Ukrainians 
means something like white trash. And so he said only the Kokels need to be afraid because once justice is served, the war will begin in earnest. Shortly thereafter, the FSB, essentially the Russian FBI, they also do cyber warfare, they announced that they have a warrant for the arrest of Prigozhin for mutiny. But Prigozhin responded again, again through his Telegram account, saying that Wagner convoys had exited from the Ukrainian front. They had entered the city of Rostov-on-Don. He said border guards who had been ordered to stop us from entering the Russian Federation had actually not resisted. And his forces were now on their way to Moscow. According to Google Maps, it's a 12-hour drive from Rostov-on-Don to Moscow City. That's if you follow the speed limit. Now, Google Maps also says that that route is closed and there are no alternate routes. So don't try to drive from Rostov-on-Don to Moscow at this time. Now, I can't confirm any of this. What's happening at this time is we're getting a lot of reports through Telegram, and it's really the news is being driven by Prigozhin himself. All we know for sure, Prigozhin is alive, making wild claims about a march for justice on Moscow, and BBC Moscow is confirming that the city authorities have sealed the cities. No one is supposed to go in or out. Europeans inside of Moscow are reporting they are seeing armored vehicles and tanks on the street. The Russian FSB has said that they've dispatched a team of special forces to intercept the Wagner convoy. That's probably the same team that we just saw, um, we just heard the shooting from, from that clip. Now, the head of the Russian FSB has urged Wagner soldiers to disobey Prigozhin and the Russian Air Force commander, Sergei Shorovikin. He is one of the most popular generals in Russia. Unfortunately, he has also come out to condemn this impromptu march for justice. In a sign of how seriously the Kremlin is taking the threat, riot police and the National Guard have both been scrambled. Uh, I've also seen a report that the uh, basically Oman, Omran, it's a version of the old Soviet National Police Service. They have surrounded at least one military base that's said to house both Wagner PNC and GRU, that's Russian Military Intelligence Forces, so possibly an indicator that GRU, Russian Military Intelligence, or some units of Russian Military Intelligence may be opting into the coup. All right, so I think we've had enough details. Now let's move over to analysis. It does seem that Russia is in a state of coup, although there's no telling how serious that state is or how long it will last. I have not been able to see any confirmation that the Wagner PMC columns, allegedly up to 50,000 troops are actually moving towards Moscow at this time. What I consider to be the most credible thing at this time is the report that we're getting from uh, Russia Today, where they say, here's we have a clip of a shootout between Wagner PMC and Russian loyalist forces. So that's the only thing that I consider to be confirmation of actual fighting on the ground. And so um, if we're in a period of coup, which is what I believe to be happening, um, there's going to be a period of deep uncertainty where people who represent different elements of the Russian Federation's government, especially security services, are going to hang back and decide which side do we want to be on. Because you want to be on the winning side in a coup. And so people will often dither and sort of just pretend to be not home or not taking the phone calls while they wait to see who has the upper hand. And so, so far we've seen absolutely no one openly declare their support for the Wagner rebels and this March for Justice. Like I said, 
important characters like the commander of the Air Force, Suravikin, as well as the head of the FSB, have both condemned it. However, some things we have going in the favor of the coup, uh, I'm told that the head of Russian special forces has seized control of the Ministry of Defense in Moscow, and they're not talking to anyone. So that suggests that what they're doing is they're consolidating power and also waiting to see which side they want to take. I also think it's interesting that Suravikin issued a statement saying, please do not support Wagner. But as head of the Air Force, why didn't he bomb that Wagner column on its way from Moscow? If they're headed for Moscow, you think the Air Force would just bomb them. Russia has a great Air Force. Um, is it possible that Suravikin is hedging his bets? Now, there are some rumors linked to sort of Ukrainian sources saying that GRU, that's Russian military intelligence, is more sympathetic to the Wagner group. If that were true, I would think that would tip the scales in favor of a successful coup quite strongly, since Russian military intelligence is quite important, an important institution. Um, I'm very skeptical of this report because it comes from Ukrainian-oriented sources. And so um, also there is no information whatsoever about where Putin is. Does he intend to make a stand? Will he stay in Moscow? Will he flee? Is he on one of those armored nuclear trains that he's supposed to hide out in during times of war? We do not know. If there is a potential coup, what does it mean? If it's successful, does that mean an end to the war? Well, there's no guarantee after all. Prigozhin is saying the war is going to start in earnest after he's finished wiping out the Minister of Defense. That doesn't seem to bode well. He even has said that his forces will be back on the front lines fighting and fighting for real as soon as Shoigu is dead and buried. And so, um, you know, it's also the case that far-right elements in Russia have been clamoring for the war to get real for over a year. And that includes calling for the bombing of the bridges over the Dnipro River in Ukraine, calling for the elimination of Ukrainian political leadership and the use of nuclear weapons. So getting real from my standpoint, could be quite bad for Ukraine and the world. Now, here's an alternative point of view. Um, in previous blog posts, Prigozhin has actually suggested that the Russians should consider declaring victory and going home in Ukraine. He's actually written that the goal of demilitarization has in a sense already been achieved because they've killed so many young men. And I'd like to suggest that this idea of declaring victory and go home, that's his words per machine translation. That, I think, is probably the closest you can get to being a peacenik or a dove in Russia today. It's also the case that Prigozhin has made some principled criticism of the war as recently as Thursday, when he said that the pretext for the war was a lie and that it didn't need to happen. Is this Prigozhin showing his hand? Now, he is a warlord, who presides over an organization that has been condemned as an international criminal enterprise. Allegedly, Wagner is involved in diamond smuggling and violence all over Africa. But it's also the case that Pergosia didn't have military experience before the war. He's a businessman, and he spent a lot of time on the front lines. Is he a civilian who's finally gone face-to-face -face with the horrors of war and been shocked to the point where his moral compass has been activated. We can only but hope one last piece of data. Now, this is a rumor, but it's been a persistent rumor. I've heard that a couple months ago, the Washington Post did an interview 
with Ukrainian Prime Minister Zelensky. Now, allegedly, the Washington Post asked Zelensky about inside information they had that Prigozhin was in high-level talks with the Ukrainian government. And allegedly, Zelensky freaked out and began screaming at the reporter, are you trying to help the Russians? The reporter tried to stand firm and finish the interview, but the alleged content, that, the, that entire exchange between the reporter and Zelensky never appeared in the final report, uh, suggesting that the editors at the Washington Post had decided to remove it. And so could this be a crucial moment for the war? Could this be a Russian turn against the further occupation and invasion of Ukraine? It is completely unclear at this time. Let me just say the a civil war in Russia is nothing that anyone should be excited about or looking forward to if you judge from history. So let's go back to World War I, where indeed the Russians were basically forced out of World War I. They suffered military collapse and political upheaval. And those things were connected. But here's the order of events there, and it doesn't bode well for us. The Tsar was removed from power March 1917, but Russian involvement in the war continued. They reorganized military command, giving soldiers some direct say in who their own commanding officers were. Unusual move there that seems to have weakened Russian military command. By June 1917, the Russian army had suffered catastrophic defeats in the Kerensky Offensive. In the wake of that defeat, massive anti-war protests swept Moscow in July, which then helped propel the Bolshevik Party, led by Vladimir Lenin, to power. That culminated in the October Revolution of 1917 and the beginning of the Russian attempt at communism the most bloody and disastrous political experiment in all of human history. And so if history is any guide, a civil war or revolution inside Russia is nothing to be excited about. It's possibly the most dangerous thing that can happen on our planet. And so we have no idea how this Wagner coup will play out. Prigozhin could be dead by morning, or he could be ruler of all Russia, for all I know. I would just like to say it's a good time to sit back Take a moment and ask God or your gods to look down on us and have mercy on us, particularly look out for the people of Russia, people of Ukraine, as well as the larger world. May we have peace. May we have a peaceful resolution of the conflict in Ukraine. We will continue to cover this as it unfolds. Thank you for listening. I have been Dane. Stay strange. Stay sane.